Welcome to our new podcast. We're calling it Revelation Conversations. I'm Steve Goebel, lead pastor at Ecclesia Eugene, and I'm here with Ken Carson, one of uh, our elders who's on our teaching team. Now, each week there may be a different contributor, uh, but today it's just Ken and I. I want to start by giving you, our listeners, our purpose behind doing this because we've been asked many times, why are we doing this? Well, one of the reasons we're doing this is we're hoping to utilize this time to unpack more in the book of Revelation and to supplement the Sunday teachings as our church goes through Revelation. Revelation can be very overwhelming for people, and so we're hoping to bring more clarity through this. And so each week on Wednesday, we'll be releasing this podcast at 4 p.m., and you can find it through our website, ecclesiaugene.org. Now, I want to kind of give you a glimpse or preview of the topics that we're going to be covering and discussing in the coming weeks. The first topic, which we're going to be covering today, is why study the book of Revelation? Uh, and that's a great question that we're going to unpack today uh, because many people avoid Revelation Uh, Many people have baggage from Revelation, trauma from Revelation, and so we know this is a question that a lot of you have been asking. And so we're going to unpack what's the purpose, uh, what is the point uh, of studying the book of Revelation. Next week, we're going to cover the structure and organization of the book. The following week, we'll be covering the connections with prophecy that we see in the book of Revelation, which is going to help us make sense of time, symbolism, and imagery. We're going to cover what are the different viewpoints. For some of you, you may refer to this as end-time positions. We're also going to be covering how do we navigate cultural events in light of Revelation, which is a huge topic right now. A lot of people are are talking about this in, in Christian circles and outside of Christian circles. We're also going to talk about what's, what's the wrong way to approach studying the book of Revelation. We're going to unpack that as well. And then lastly, and I think you're you're going to be really blessed by this, is we're going to have a Q&A, and that's going to be the last one that we do, and we're going to open that up for questions to be sent in, and, and we're going to do our best to answer those uh, questions. And so we're really excited about the different topics we're going to cover, but today, let's just jump right in and... Uh, answer that first question. And the first question is, why are we teaching through the book of Revelation on Sundays? And my response to that question first is, Revelation is part of Scripture. And what we read in Scripture is, uh, all Scripture is inspired by God. Not parts, not most. All of Scripture is inspired by God. And we want to be faithful to God's word. Uh, at, at this church, we, we care passionately about God's word. One of our core values is to walk in truth. And, and so we know that we're held accountable to God by teaching his word. And to be faithful to teaching God's word means all of God's word, not just the parts of God's word that are easier to teach, uh, easier to understand, or just easier to preach. We can't say that we're teaching you the Bible if we're holding back parts of it from you. 
And so this is very important for us. We want to be a church that doesn't run from sections of scripture, books of scripture. We want to be a church that helps uh, equip uh, our church. Um, what else, Ken? Why, why else are we doing this? When, when you were talking this last Sunday, you, you emphasized that the book is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, and so oftentimes we think of this as a revelation of the end times, which, which it is, but it is primarily that revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so if this book really is a revelation of Christ, if we're Jesus followers, don't we want to know that? Don't we yeah. want to see Jesus Christ in his fully revealed sense? Mm -hmm. um, in Revelation, we're going to see Jesus in his beauty, in his glory, in his uh, ascended, uh, glorified state uh, as he rules even today as the king over this world. And so as a Jesus follower, man, I, I want to see Jesus that way. I, yeah. I want to know who he is. I want to know him uh, as that that glorified Savior who is ruling and reigning on high even right now. And I, I think of it, if if I'm avoiding revelation, I'm, I'm losing that that aspect of who Jesus is. Right. Seeing Jesus in his best, at his at his brightest, at, mm -hmm. at in his greatest glory. I think it would be like it would be like saying I, I don't want to see my wife on her wedding day. Mm -hmm. You know, when she's dressed in her her wedding gown, she's looks the best. She's she's her most beautiful at that point. I, I don't want to see her on that day. Yeah. And, and if I'm avoiding revelation, that's what I'm saying to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to see you in your glory. And so I think we need this because we need to understand who Jesus is, and we need to understand that better. Yeah, it's amazing how we miss the first line. Uh, in Revelation, how we get so caught up in chapters 4 through 22, and we miss the very purpose stated in the first line. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I think uh, that's kind of been hijacked by how we've treated this book, books that have been written, all the different things that are out there. We've lost sight that this is uh, the revealing of Jesus in all his glory. And that's what's so exciting about it. And even teaching on it this last week is, is uh, trying to uh, just get in the mindset of what it must have been like as John is is seeing this. And, and it, it was such a powerful scene that, that it, knocks him, it knocks him down. He's essentially like a dead guy laying there until Jesus lays his hand on him. And uh, when you read the Gospels, you're so inspired by the humility of Jesus, how he humbled himself, the meekness, and, and how he dealt with people. And I feel like what Revelation does is it gives us Jesus in all the fullness of who he is. It really takes us from this meek servant into our glorified and risen King and Savior. And what an image and what a picture that is. And to avoid revelation is to avoid that imagery, is to avoid that picture. And so it's so uh, important. Another reason for why we're doing this is this is a very culturally trending topic, is what's to come and this whole end of the world and fear. Ken, you and I were just talking about that. Yeah. I mean, with Russia invading Ukraine, people are all of a sudden talking again about nuclear war and what what's what could that potentially be for us? And, you know, we, we live in a world where it seems like there's more tragedies. There's more uh, things happening in the, with the weather and with heat waves and fires and with uh, earthquakes and flooding right now in California. And everyone is acutely aware that this world is not necessarily going to last forever. And so you have people constantly thinking thinking and worrying about the future. You find that in our um, 
in movies. I mean, how many movies are out there that are dealing with kind of a post-apocalyptic world? Mm-hmm. You know, there's some zombie apocalypse or some pandemic and how do people survive after that? It's so we, we even our entertainment is caught up in end times uh, within that. And uh, to the point where there are a lot of people today who are choosing not to have children because they're scared of bringing their children into a world that might be ending really soon. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of uh, an underlying fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that a lot with young people who are looking at the future and saying, I don't know how this is going to, where this is going to go. I don't know mm-hmm. what the end looks like. Mm-hmm. And so we're scared. Uh, and the cool part is part of what God wants us just to understand from the book of Revelation is he, he says, I want to reveal to you what the end times look like. Mm-hmm. And so we can come at this book so that we are equipped to understand how are things going to end. And we can be prepared for that. We don't have to face it with fear, especially for those of us who are followers of Jesus. We we know how it ends, and we don't mm-hmm. have to live in fear of the future. Yeah, it, it's amazing the the studies that are coming out and and the anxiety that they're seeing in kids, in mm-hmm. in, in children over the the state of the world and this this thought of its ending and and all of the things that that go along with that, and and so for us as as leaders in a church, it's imperative that we equip our people in how to think well about what's to come, and the Book of Revelation helps us do that. What's interesting, though, is I think a lot of people, if you ask them, the Book of Revelation will it create more fear or reduce fear? I think most people would say, that's a that's a book I'm afraid of, which is actually just the opposite of what God's trying to do there. He's showing right. us the end times, not so that we can be afraid, but so that we can be confident in the midst of that. Right. So it's a hopeful book. It's a book that I think should reduce our fear because we know how it ends and we know who wins and we know what side we can be on. And so it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if there's earthquakes and wars and famines. Right. We know God is in charge and he's got a plan and this is part of his plan. And he tells us if we will endure uh, that there's a blessing for us in that, that over and over, we'll see that I think starting next week where over and over through chapters two and three, he calls Jesus followers, the overcomers, Mm -hmm. the conquerors. I think Mm -hmm. one of the translations uses it. And so he wants us not to come at the end times with this this fear, but this sense of, hey, we're going to conquer. We're going to win. We're going to overcome all of this. Because we because we are identified with Christ, who's uh, who's going to be the one who brings in, as we'll see eventually, the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah, there's so much just fear associated with Revelation. When I've talked to different Christians, even Christians at our church, and I, I have my own uh, or had my own fears and, and some trauma with it just from uh, how it was presented to me. And honestly, I think most Christians avoid it, uh, or they were told to avoid it, or their church never talked about it. I've even heard uh, I've even heard of pastors telling their churches not to go into Revelation, which is just That's crazy to me. Um, but I think the the chapters four through twenty two have have just I think confused so many people and they've gotten so caught up in it that they miss, and you alluded to this, they miss once again, not only verse one of this is the the revealing of Jesus Christ, but they also miss verse two, where it talks about what? The the blessing. Right. The blessing. Right. There's a blessing. This book, only this book in the Bible promises this specific yeah. blessing. Yeah. Verse three says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and who keep it 
and keep what is written in it for the time is near. And and that that blessing, it's not just here in chapter one. There's seven different times in the book of Revelation right. where it says, if you listen to this, if you hear this and you keep it, right. uh, you will be blessed. And and by keeping it, I, I think it's just being living in living in light of what you're hearing here, living in right. light of the fact that Christ is coming again and that he's going to bring victory for us all. That blessing will come to us because I think it brings to us a sense of hope that that mm -hmm. that most people don't have for the future, that hopeless feeling that you're talking about. The blessing is because we know who Christ is and because we know we're identified with him, man, we, we can come and face anything in this world with hope. Yeah, I think we're blessed in one sense, just simply because we're going to be ready. Mm -hmm. Like if, yeah. if we listen, if we receive yeah. this, if we put this into action and live out and embrace and obey what we see here spoken, we're going to be prepared. We're going to be ready. We're going to be the people just as John uh, states uh, in Revelation chapter one, even so, amen, he says. And, and it's although so many are going to mourn when they see Jesus coming, uh, he says, even so, amen. That's a prepared individual. And so if we will listen and do this and, and receive it, we're going to be blessed because we're going to be ready. And even like you said, that is going to carry itself into every day in the hope that we live with, uh, the headlines and how we receive those headlines, uh, and, and just all the other cultural challenges that we're finding ourselves in, including persecution, which we know is going to be a part of this journey. And so I, I don't think that we can honor this book by ignoring the blessings that it's telling us are, are going to happen as a byproduct of reading it out loud, hearing it, and then putting it into action. I think that blessing will allow us to be joyful regardless of what's going on around us. Yep. You know, if you if you read the news, if you're if you're watching TV, if you're looking at your your social media, it's depressing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's just it feels like the world is out of control. Mm -hmm. But the blessing of Revelation is that reminder: the world's not out of control. Right. God God has a plan. God has a, a a way in which He wants things to be accomplished in history, and history is under His sovereign control. So mm -hmm. it may look like. You know, the politics of our country are out of control. The, the weather's out of control. The, it, everything is just chaos. But Revelation reminds us God still is sovereign all of that. He's, he's got a grand design for history. And if we can rest and trust in that, we can be joyful even as the world's falling apart. Right. Like, that's a blessing. Right. And, and that's only available to us, first of all, if we understand the book of Revelation. And secondly, if we embrace it, if we keep it, if we internalize it, we make that part of who we are. Mm -hmm. um, we can live a blessed, joyful life regardless of the persecution. And right. I mean, we the persecution that that we face is nothing compared with what these guys are dealing with. I mean, these right. guys, they're being thrown to lions. They're being <laughs> dipped in tar and burned for the emperor's yeah. garden parties, you know. And so yeah. when somebody insults us, that's that's not persecution like these guys are facing. Right. And so if they can go through that because of this book, man, we can go through whatever God's got for us today without any without any fear. And still maintaining a, a joyfulness in the midst of that, right? And we also see there's there's consequences that that Revelation tells us. There's consequences for not reading it, understanding it, putting it into action. Yeah, I mean, if we refuse to listen to the message of Revelation, there's there's an impact on us. And I think that's why at the end of the book, and you you alluded to this on Sunday, where he says that that you don't don't seal up this book of prophecy, reveal right. it. It needs to get the message needs to get out there because. God doesn't want us to have our heads in the sand about what's coming. Mm -hmm. um, 
if, if we seal it up, if we ignore the book, uh, things are not going to end well for us. Uh, and, and I think he actually says at the end of the book in, in verse 19, he says, I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy and takes away from the words of this book that God will take away the share in the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this book. So if we ignore the message of this, it's at our own peril. Yep. Because now we we have closed the door on the opportunity for salvation by ignoring what God is saying about the future. So that we we have to do this. Mm -hmm. we, it, to not do this was it actually brings a a warning that I don't want to I don't want to have to deal with as a church. I don't want to I don't want anyone saying, well, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to reveal this just because of that warning that revelation can bring to those who aren't following Christ. Right. And Ultimately, this brings us to our next point that this is a book of hope. It's a book of hope. And I hope everybody hears that, that's listening to this, that this is a book of hope and we desperately need it, especially right now. And, and one of the, the reasons this is such a powerful book of hope is we see the end. He, he literally pulls the curtain back and we get to see how the church wins in the end. We may feel like we're losing right now. We may feel like uh, the odds are stacked against us. Uh, we may, just as Ken said, feel like confusion is winning the day. Fear is winning the day. But through the book of Revelation, we see that the church wins. And we see, ultimately, that Jesus is victorious. He's victorious. And, and we're brought into his heavenly kingdom. What incredible hope that is and that's the perspective that we need as Jesus followers today as we're bombarded with chaos evil and conflict we need hope and I would say it's not just a revelation of how that's going to play out in the future mm -hmm. I also think it's telling us something about how God is in control even today not just right. in the future time so when we see Jesus in chapter one that's not a future Jesus that's as he is today in heaven yep. and when we get to Revelation 4 and 5 that's that's an event that's taking place now in heaven before those yep. end times as well so we get it we get a chance to even see what's going on in this world from a heavenly perspective right. even for today and right. one of the things I'm excited about is getting that glimpse into what things are like in heaven even now mm -hmm. will inform us as a church. Uh, on how it is that we should be worshiping God, because we mm -hmm. get a chance to see Jesus in heaven being worshipped by the angels and by and by the saints who come before us, yeah. and we see them in these incredible. There's like two or three different sections in Revelation. These beautiful, incredible sort of worship services taking yeah. place in heaven, where we see them singing to God and we see them praising Jesus for being the Lamb who's taken away the sins of the world. And I I'm looking forward to as we go through this, seeing how we're going to take the Book of Revelation. And I think it's going to change how we worship as a church. Yeah, I think it's going to focus our worship. Um, it's, it's going to allow us to see what true and proper worship looks like. Um, you know, so much of what it passes for worship today in the, the Christian community is very me-centered, mm -hmm. and, and you don't see that in Revelation <laughs> at all. I mean, all no. of the all of it is praising Jesus for who He is, for what He's right. done. He's the one who's brought salvation. He's He's the one who's holy. He's the one who's you know, just over reiterating His character qualities. And I I'm really looking forward to not just the teaching. I'm, I am looking forward to the teaching, Steve. But <laughs> um, but I'm also looking forward to. I I think our worship is going to be reflected differently because we're going through this book yeah. um, as we learn how to worship God better. And so I I can't wait for that part of it too. 
Yeah, that it's incredible to think about the impact it's going to have there in our view of worship. I love what you said about, you know, it's not just about uh, the the excitement, the the hope, the peace that that's to come. It's also what he's doing right now. And when you said that, I was just reminded of the imagery in, in chapter one, where we see, you know, Jesus is in the midst, in the middle of the lampstands. He's <laughs> he's there uh, with his church in in his hand. He's holding the stars of the, of the seven churches there, and and it just speaks to the fact that right now he's in our midst. Right now he's working in our church. Right now. Uh, he's working in our lives, and he's working out his perfect plan, and that allows us to approach today, tomorrow, with this hopefulness and this in this peace, knowing that he's at work right now. And so, I really love how you just touched on the work that he's doing right now, and I think that that's something that we have to be careful with because we can forget that we can get so caught up in what's to come and the desire for that that we lose sight of why he hasn't come yet, (laughs) which is to give us the opportunity uh, to to share our faith, uh, to evangelize, uh, to reach people where they're at, knowing that he hasn't come back yet so that more of that can take place. And so it challenges us with uh, today. And so that brings me kind of to our last point here, how the book of Revelation, it challenges us to spiritually endure while living with urgency. Uh, This book encourages us to stay the course, to stay the course no matter what, to to spiritually endure well. And when we think of endurance and, and, and holding on, hanging in there, not giving up, The challenge that that we're confronted with with Revelation is it's not just hanging on, hanging in there and, 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 and keeping the fight, you know, the fight of the faith, but it's doing that with urgency, with with this uh, expectancy, because we see that it's imminent that he's going to come back. Uh, He is coming and we don't know when and it could be at any point in time. And scripture tells us we're in the last days. And so over and over again, we see terminology, we see uh, imagery of like a thief in the night and, and all of these things that he's coming back and we're to be ready. I know that there are uh, people who have come to me and said one of the things that they've come to realize in their walk with Jesus is that it's not all going to be happy and it's not God's not always going to be just making my life easy and simple. Mm-hmm. And they have felt like in some senses that they were sold a bill of goods when they became a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Because someone along the line had said, the Christian walk is just, God's going to fix everything. And I think the book of Revelation shows us that's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. That we should expect persecution. We should expect suffering. Mm-hmm. And instead of expecting God to remove that, how do we how do we live faithfully in the midst of that? Mm-hmm. How do we live with that urgency? How do we live with that endurance? How do we persevere through the difficulties? Because that's what the book of Revelation tells us yeah. is what we should expect. And my hope is not that God gets rid of all of those things now, but at the end, that when he ultimately comes, there's something even better coming. There's yeah. a new heaven. There's a new earth right. where we will dwell and we will live with God uh, together. And that's where our hope is at. And so I hope it, it gives us that ability to endure, mm-hmm. knowing that this is this is what we should expect. Yeah. 
and and we can we can push through that and we can live with that urgency and we can look to the finish line where where it says in Hebrews 12 where it says Jesus endured the cross despising the shame because he knew the joy that was set before him mm-hmm. and i think that's the perspective that revelation does it shows us the joy set before us right. so that we can endure and and that was a huge encouragement to the original recipients of this letter they were facing opposition that I can't even begin to comprehend. And so when this is being read out loud to them, they are just being encouraged. And they're not being encouraged because everything's going to go away. They're encouraged uh, because they know the finish. They know what's going to happen. And they know that God hasn't forgotten them. And they know that God's at work right now. And so they're encouraged in that. And so as we look at the book of Revelation in the coming weeks, in the coming months, and as we unpack more uh, in the podcast, we hope that you're encouraged. We hope that you feel blessed. And we hope that you're more inspired in your love for Jesus and your pursuit of Jesus. But we also hope that you have a totally different perspective about the book of Revelation. And we hope that uh, it excites you when you think of the book. We hope that uh, as we continue to go through it, we hope that you feel led to invite people into this study, invite people to church, invite people to listen to the podcast, knowing that they will be blessed as a result of hearing it. And ultimately, they're going to get an amazing picture in view of our resurrected and glorified Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to invite all of you to join us this coming Sunday. We gather at 8.30 and 10.30 at Cal Young Middle School in Eugene, Oregon. And we're going to continue to walk through the book of Revelation together as a church. And we hope to have you back joining with us next Wednesday at 4 p.m. as we continue in our Revelation conversations.